Support for our show comes solely from listeners like yourself. If you like what we're doing, help us by sharing the pod on social media and leaving us a five-star review, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Audible. Thanks again for listening, and without further ado, let's start the show. Hi, this is Paula Stevens. I am in my 25th year of teaching at Eisenhower Elementary, and I am sticking with my union because of the professional development that they offer. Not only does PCTA have ESAW and um, reading endorsement courses that you can take, but FEA and AFT also have courses to help every union member become a better professional. Welcome back to PCTA's FIRE Podcast. As always, I am Brennan Pickett. I am your FEA Director and FIRE Co-Chair. I am Philip Belcastro. I am also FIRE Co-Chair and the new PCTA Director at Large. I'm Kelsey Donegan. I'm a first-year English teacher at St. Petersburg High School teaching English 1 and 2. I'm Dr. Anna Margiata. I'm a first-year teacher at St. P. High School, and I teach pre-AP chemistry and AP chemistry. Tuesday, February 28th at 5 p.m., we were at the February school board meeting, and it was a doozy, to say the least. We were there with many different organizations, and most specifically, we were with the Families for Strong Public Schools. We were there with St. Pete for Change. We were there with the DSA. A lot of people came out. In fact, it was so many people. We were in the overflow room i believe which is a cafeteria (laughs) yeah a cafeteria with like one tv that's playing what's happening in the big room from a laptop laptop. (laughs) but that was somebody who came set that up right that wasn't even part of they didn't set that up for us well when i walked in i there were five people already in the cafeteria when i got there i got there like five minutes after five o'clock it starts at five um, and as I was walking in, one of the cops at the entrance told me they have it in there for you playing. But, like, you couldn't turn... T- at two different points, people went up to try to figure out how to turn the volume up because people couldn't hear it. So they, as in someone who works at the school district, and put it up as in they just plugged in the HDMI cord. I don't know. I think so. That's a, The cop just said they have it set up for you in there. We don't know who they is. <laughs> yeah. I, I arrived around, I think, 520 and I was like, oh, we're in the overflow room. Like, I got immediately excited about, by the way, because it's like, oh, my God, there's so many people probably. So I went in there and there was mm, roughly 20-ish people. That about right? I think there was more than that. When, was, when you got there? When I got there. Oh, yeah. when you got there, maybe like 25. Yeah. 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 But the room was full. That was a big thing because they're doing all that feel good stuff they do in the beginning where it's like, hey, we have these kids from this school and we're doing this cool stuff over here. So. It was interesting. I think we got the file number eventually, which was 56 speakers at the end. So pretty large. It's the largest school board meeting I've ever been to. So I kind of want to start off by asking everyone what we think and have a conversation about what was PCTA's agenda for going to the school board meeting, right? We always like kind of rally under different causes and different things. What do you guys think? What, were, what was the big concerns for you as PCTA members? Did you mention how long this meeting went? Until 10 o'clock. Yeah, it went to almost 10 o'clock. So I just want to get that out there too 56 speakers going that you know with many different issues um that went a long time yes it did we did eventually make it into the main room after people right. left they let us into the main room i think it's around like 6 six thirty around there yeah yeah what were the main concerns 
Um, well, one of the things that I talked about while I was up there is the living wage, being able to live, to pay to afford to live near the school that I work at would be nice. And then, of course, as always, I pointed out the being a trans teacher and being uncomfortable, even being in the room and speaking in front of some of the people that are there. Because it is scary to talk in front of, like, the Moms for Liberty were gone by then, but it is it is scary to do. I think it's important to mention that not many Moms for Liberty even spoke. Mm-hmm. I think maybe three of them made it. Yeah, two or three. In yeah. fact, I was very excited about this when I was walking into the building, a familiar face. He was walking out, actually. Sorry, not in, out. And he was like, oh, too many people can't be speaking tonight. And mm-hmm. I said, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always been kind of our one of our objectives every time we go to one of these things to try to get into that overflow room like we want the, the show and the presence. Um, so seeing so many people come out in support of teachers and some of them who we know are not always on our side leaving, being like, ah, I'm just not going to do this tonight. <laughs> so that's, that's, that was interesting and kind of neat for us to see. His words to me were, it's going to be a long night. And he so, was right, actually. Kelsey, what were some of your uh, main points that you took away from there? I, I really wanted to, I don't want to hit on the same thing every time I go talk there. So as much as I want to talk about class sizes, I kind of want to talk about the same thing by talking about a different thing. Um, so I wanted to make sure we, uh, fortunately, a lot of people talked about HB one, yeah. which I really liked. Um, we, uh, many people kept bringing up the bluest eye and now a clockwork orange and, um, awakening. Oh, the awakening by Kate Chopin. Yep. Mm-hmm. That they just keep trying to ban books in our County. Right. Uh, and I kept hearing particularly from, the the Moms for Liberty side of things, that Pinellas is the leading county in Florida, or one of the leading counties in Florida in education, and we're currently sitting at, I think it's around 100 vacancies for instructional. Overall, about 200, actually. About 200 About vacancies. 190, yeah. there. I, I round up. And we're banning books, and it, it's just so strange to me for people who claim to want small government oversight to be tr- actively trying to ban books that <laughs> it, it's just so disrespectful and disingenuous, the reasons they say they want to ban these books for. So HB1 is a house bill that's coming out very soon about universal vouchers. And the idea is that any child from any area ever, it could be private, charter, public, right? They get to get money, right, as form as a voucher, and they can use that to go to any school they want. I believe it's going to be around $8,000 around there, right? And the actual legislation will cost about $4 billion, which means a lot of children are going to be going to schools, sucking money away from public schools. And that was one of the main concerns from families for strong public schools. That's the estimated cost, too, by the way. Everybody's pretty sure it's going to cost way more than that. Way more, right. And so that was one thing that was kind of rallying people behind. A lot of people spoke on that. I think also banning books was a huge topic. I even yeah. spoke on the idea of um, banning a Clockwork Orange, a, a book that actually got me interested in reading when I was in high school. Every time somebody says, oh, this book's been banned, I feel like we learn about these at the school board meetings, and right. three yeah. of us yeah. here are English teachers. Where, <laughs> where are these book-banning men? Yeah, is, can I get an email or right. something yeah. about... <laughs> They just want you to accidentally screw up so you can get a third-degree <laughs> felony. <laughs> oh, my God. That is um, that's that's that is genuinely terrifying. It is. I, not only a felony, but I could, I could be sued personally right. by Right, that is uncomfortable, for sure. For anything they want to, like, deem as, considering the last uh, bill they passed last month that bans in Pinellas County, text, I have to, in order to teach a book, 
that has violence, any sort of sexual suggestion, any sort of profanity, I have to get approval from my department head as well as the library mm-hmm. media specialist. And the administrator. And an administrator yeah. to be able to teach. That's insane. Well, Shakespeare's out. Every single book on the best standards list. Yeah, that was one of the things that you said. Like, they banned pretty much every book. All of Yeah. Yeah, if that's the requirement, yeah. And that was one of the main concerns, too, I heard from some... um, There was an educator that came and spoke, and he was was voicing his concern. He was scared. And the first time in, I think, decades, because he's been a teacher for, I think... I think it's almost. I think it's at forty years. Some crazy number. Yeah, and he, he said for the first time in his career, he's fearful, and that's a common sentiment I feel with a lot of teachers. Even me, I, I'm scared. I don't want right. to teach these books. By now, I'm going to get sued. Yeah, I wrote down that same thing. His name was Michael. He said, "I'm afraid to teach." And one of the other things he pointed out was that he became prouder of his country as he learned history, mm-hmm. the history of his country. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. powerful. Yeah. I was prouder of my country when I learned about the actual history because we changed. If I had never known that history, I wouldn't know anything. We need to know our history and we need to know what made us who we are today. But right now, frankly, I'm afraid to teach for the first time in my career. Another thing with the HB1 that I think a lot of people don't realize is we know that they say it's going to cost $4 billion, which is an astronomical number. The real estimates in places where things like this have gone through are way, way higher than that. And part of the narrative that we get of why they can't pay teachers more, why they can't support public schools better, is because there's not enough money. So somehow they found $4 billion for this program, knowing that it's likely going to cost much more, but it intentionally undermines public schools. And something that we had talked to um, Carrie Sheridan from NPR about the other night was how, you know, even though a lot of us don't have children in the school, like us you know, four sitting here don't have children in the school. So it doesn't, the the charter program and the vouchers don't necessarily affect us. But as teachers, where it does is because siphoning those resources away means bigger class sizes and less classroom support. So if we're already struggling with bathroom breaks, with ELL students, with ESE students, get ready to have another 10 to 15 children in your classroom and be struggling with those things even more than we already are. Yeah. And class sizes was one of the things that I talked about. I I pointed out what the board member Long said, how some students need more attention than other students, how that is equity. And we aren't going to be able to focus on that as if class sizes, I mean, they're big already. It's it's hard to focus on that now as it is. Mm-hmm. You listen to PZTA's FIRE podcast. Today I'm here with uh, Philip Castro, Dr. Anna Margiata, and Kelsey Donegan. We are speaking about the school board meeting that happened on February 28th at 5 p.m. What was the actual school board agenda I, we're, we kind of went in there with our own things we want to talk about but mm-hmm. there's real business being done yeah. and i think it's important to talk about what is that business considering some kind of shocking things came out yeah. while we were there and oh. it's like it's always a surprise by the way we mentioned it a little bit but avid came up a lot they ended up approving the bid for for avid um and two of the board members peters and myers uh were the ones who voted against it under what concerns of course <laughs> well it seemed like Don Peters had a lot of questions, but it was, it seemed like she didn't really know much about the AVID program. She had these questions that just went on and on and on where she was like sort of rephrasing the same thing. 
several different times. And then our wonderful, um, what, what is it, Superintendent Hendricks. Hendrick McAndrew. Um, he he yeah. came in and and very thoroughly answered all of her questions. There were a couple points where where it seemed like he started to answer and he was like there was like a pause where he was confused about like oh you're done you're done with the question now oh yes now I need to answer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he did a really great job in like educating. I think the whole room about it. Yeah, totally. I think you can't find a single teacher in this district who despises Avid. I think every teacher in this district would tell you, even administrators too, would tell you that Avid's a fantastic program that needs to be funded because what it does is avid it brings children into this mentality that they can be better than their parents essentially it's Mm -hmm. like you can go to college you can be something in your life we're going to take you to colleges we're going to take you to places that you've never experienced or would be able to experience Mm -hmm. i think the big argument was over three hundred and fifty thousand dollars they were trying to find a better place for that i don't know where they would put that money it definitely would not be our salaries i imagine <laughs> and that's what i mean when i say it's so disingenuous every argument they come up with is just so yeah i don't know i think that money could be better spent somewhere right. but having no idea where you want you want to define right. a program you well, want to yeah, to, I mean, to be fair, we've actually had, you know, ostensibly their concern was for over money. It was over budgeting, which we've also said. I mean, we've said, like, you know, you're spending tons of money on IXL and Albert IO and all these programs. You got Avid, you got ACE, you got AP, you got, like, all these things, right? And that's kind of what they were talking about was the money. But without, you know, they're kind of doing the thing that they that everybody knows not to do is where you go to somebody with a problem and not have a solution for it. Mm-hmm. So. Well, between the two of them, it seemed like Don Peters wanted to get rid of Avid because she didn't understand it. And then Stephanie Meyer said, I'm trying to be fiscally responsible. $350,000 is a lot of money. And it seemed like her solution, what she was suggesting is like, Maybe we have fewer teachers go to these things, and they. She kept on like suggesting the teacher go to some kind of training and bring it back to their school, and then teach everyone that thing, as if that was possible. Like as if you could go to a training and then be fully equipped to teach an entire different group of people how to implement practices. Isn't what she's describing copyright infringement? Yeah, Can't that is what she that? was. She was. It, it seemed to me that she was suggesting, yeah, let's just like try to copy paste. Let's take as right. much as we can and then we'll just do it ourselves if we send some teachers who are really good really smart teachers they can bring it back just just call it not avid (laughs) this is other avid yeah (laughs) Uh, avid oops all pinellas (laughs) and then also the attorney who was there had to like had to teach her that like oh you can motion to postpone this if you want because he like kind of sensed that that was what she was trying to do Mm -hmm. there was that moment where you were like oh he's the dm yeah yeah uh the attorney (laughs) coming in with the rules um and he's like you can motion to postpone if you want to and then postpone yeah and then then stephanie meyer did that and the motion failed the only two people who voted for that were don and stephanie and then they approved david right after that now i I also want to add that um, those two school be- school board members are very new, and I don't Thank know. Thank you. I, they are very yeah. new, and I don't know if that I would necessarily know all these rules mm-hmm. either if exactly. I was elected to school board. No, I was, was, I was going to defend them for that one. Like, right. Yeah, I don't understand the rules being a school board member. I'm brand right. new, so they, they get a pass. And there. then I was sitting next to you, Dr. Margiata, about, you know, while one of the school board members was kind of, you know, tripping over their words and stammering a bit. And as teachers, we know very well what it looks like when somebody has not read the book, mm-hmm. but is doing a mm-hmm. presentation on it. And that's exactly what it felt like. 
But again, to be fair, new job, new position. I don't know if I would be better at it. I, I, that, what frustrated me about that was it felt like she, she had, uh, you know, a hundred-ish people watching her learn material that she should have been prepped for coming in. Like, this is your job. Not a good look. Yeah, no, and and it wasn't clarifying questions. It was having Kevin Hendrick explain he did, yeah. the program. He stepped in. He was the teacher in the room. And I feel like that might have been a conversation that needed to be had before yeah. the school board. I don't know why they do it during the actual meeting. Who was the professor who called it? It was like dumb accounting. He called. He oh, got up and spoke at the end, and he called it, I think, dumb accounting. or I can't remember exactly what the words was, but he was talking about that and the idea that you can't just cut random things because it has a big price tag on it. Yeah. That's not how <laughs> And it's not works. actually that big of a price tag. You know, when we're talking about a $4 billion transition to scar- charter schools, 350 k is relatively, right. That's speaking, a, a small amount. Yeah. Not small. You know what I mean? Like it, it's consequential. That's but cutting it's... out the avocado toast of the school <laughs> budget. <laughs> I'm a professor also at the University of South Florida. Um, and I came here tonight to use one of my favorite sayings. The world is full of bad accountants. When I heard the discussion about AVID, I heard folks constantly pointing to a number, wanting to cross it off the ledger. That's one side of a budget. That's one side of accounting. And I was very pleased with Board Member Long for bringing up the other side of the ledger, how we benefit from it. It's often very hard to work both sides of the ledger. But if you're only willing to cross off a number on a sheet of paper, you're being a bad accountant. Um, since um, we're still on the topic of school board agenda, I think one other, two to- there's two more talking points we're kind of looking at. It's the idea of the civics curricula and also vaping. Um, vaping's a real problem. Yeah. yeah. I was happy about to see they were going to try to, it was like a, some kind mm-hmm. of class action suit to sue the vaping companies, right? Uh, sue Jewel specifically, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a whole group of... So, the bid that they approved was specifically getting the $2.1 million only related to Jewel, and that we may see more later from the other defendants mm-hmm. in the litigation. It was cool. The attorney came in again and told us the attorney rules. It is always <laughs> fun to have a dungeon master explain how the game works. Yeah. <laughs> and then also the civics curricula. I, I didn't really pay attention to that. Yeah, both of them were like approved by everyone. The civics curricula, the only thing that I really thought was of note was it seemed like Don came in again just to kind of ask, like, when can we approve this curriculum? The school board needs to approve this new curriculum. And then we had um, a social studies teacher, Matt Bloom, come in and sort of explain that this civics curriculum that is being printed, the bid was to print $250,000 worth of civics curriculum for K through 12 or something like that. Um, and it was a grant from Civics Literacy Excellence grant. That was the grant. But she wanted to know when the school board would be able to approve the curriculum. And he kept on sort of explaining, well, we are following the standards that already exist. Again, these meetings are boring yet yeah. fascinating. At this yeah. point in the agenda, it was 930 at night. <laughs> <laughs> Please let me just tell you what we need to do. I yeah. want to leave. <laughs> Oh, great. Well, we're still listening to PCTA's Fire Podcast. I'm Brendan Pickett here with Dr. Anna Margiata, Kelsey Donegan, and Philip Belcastro. Segwaying to our next part of the school board meeting on February 28th at 5 p.m., I want to go into what were the concerns from the public. Like I said, we had actually managed to rally, as a collective, I would say, mm-hmm. 56 
speakers and it was awesome. I was so proud of the work that was done. A lot of talking to people, a lot of shaking hands, a lot of getting, you know, just organizing yeah. boots on the ground. Definitely. A lot, of, a lot of good networking happens at these things. I mean, nobody, nobody likes taking time out of their day, especially us. I mean, I, uh, Mr. Aziz had gotten up uh, during his public comment and said he has been up since 4.30 in the morning, you know, and this, and by the time he got up to speak, it was like 8 o'clock, 8.30 at night. Mm -hmm. Teachers and parents are working double and triple in order to take care of the needs of their students, of their kids, and to take care of their own lives, as well as to defend education. I'm asking every single member of this body to go to Tallahassee and to speak up for Pinellas County. So nobody wants to like take their time to go do these things. Particularly to drive through rush hour drive traffic. Drive through rush hour traffic. Up to Largo yeah. and come back to St. Pete. Right. So there's always a lot of St. Pete High people there because, you know, we we just have the, the no dense. lives. We have no <laughs> lives. That's exactly it. <laughs> um, We're losers. Yeah. There was a student who went up and talked and yeah. I thought he was very impressive. Yeah. He was a Holland's High kid and he talked about, um, well, one of the things he was like, I love being able to use Adobe for free. I thought that was cute. Um, but he talked about how like he has ADHD and he doesn't have guaranteed support for ADHD in private schools. I've been lucky enough to have a good public education for most of my life, but the foundation of the public schools in Florida is steadily being eroded. I'm concerned for my sister, who is five years younger than me and has dyslexia. The schools I attend all had excellent teachers and administration. Right now at Hollins High School, I'm in the Cambridge program as well as the Academy of Entertainment Arts program. Um, the school, the education that I'm receiving is really good, but as programs and services are being taken away and more teachers and bus drivers are quitting, the solution to problems that we're having with the public school system is to fund them more. That's one of the biggest talking points when it comes to HB1 is that the fact that all this money is going to charter in private schools, they don't have to recognize your accommodations. Mm -hmm. If you have an IEP, they don't have to recognize that. They don't even have to accept you, right? They yeah. have to accept you, not to recognize it. Public schools do that. Yeah, and I thought it was really powerful because he was like standing up for himself. And then he also mentioned his younger sibling also has like a disability that he wants his younger sibling to be supported as well. And so he felt like he should be there to speak up for them. I thought it was very touching. There was a different person who had mentioned uh, talking about that same topic, how um, I don't remember if it was they themselves or their sibling or somebody else. But there was a, another student who had top scores, top AP scores, had, you know, excellent behavioral records and would not get accepted into a private school because they had diabetes. Yeah, it was type one diabetes. diabetes. They couldn't get into get into the private school. Yeah. Uh, I just looked it up just to verify because um, I thought I knew this. Private schools and charter schools have no obligation to follow Title IX equity rules either. They do not. They don't tell you that in uh, in parent school. Do <laughs> I probably should know this? Do private schools and charter schools do they still have to take like standardized tests? The way charter they do? schools, yes. Private schools, new. So you can go to a private school and have no like assessments of value when you leave. No. Nah. You don't have to say or anything. Like that. You can just learn yeah. whatever they feel like teaching you. Yeah, it could be it could be Jesus. It could be yeah. football. Football. <laughs> Bobby God. Boucher, you playing that football? Yeah, charter schools do do some standardized testing, um, but I think the big part is equity. For example, my brother wants to send his children to this Montessori school in Pasco County, but they had like a three hundred and sixty-five student limit for the entire school. It's a K to eight. One kid for each day. 
pretty just much taught one kid a day. So wouldn't it be nice if public schools and say no, we're we're full. <laughs> That's basically what like no, we're full. We can't accept any yeah. more kids. Cool. We have to get those kids who don't get into the Montessori school. So right. it's like all right, overflow. Come on over to Pinellas County, you know, or any public school rather. All of this is also in conjunction with the current fight going on between Stanta, uh, DeSantis and College Board and his. I, I believe reading. I remember reading an article about how the replacement he's looking at for College Board is used primarily for religious colleges around the country and have a religious-based curriculum. And religious-based standardized tests. Yeah. They want to get that in. Who was Jesus, A, B, or C? (laughs) (laughs) Um, What were the Moms for Liberty's concerns? I guess I only think I saw three of them talk. Well, there was... One that said that uh, the Bible, Koran, and Origin of Species should be read by everyone. The conversation here is really about what is appropriate for children to be assigned in public school. When I was in college, our anthropology department head once told our class, if you want to call yourself an educated person, there are three books you better have read. The Bible, the Koran, and the Origin of the Species. His reasoning was there are no other three books in the history of humankind that have had equal impact or equal distribution throughout the world. How would all of you here today railing and gnashing your teeth feel if the New Testament was assigned reading in public school? As history has shown us, you would lose your minds at a level that exceeds even today. Mouse professor said to read that. Yeah, and that um, are that these like woke people are beginning with these false premises and that she's trying to talk about what is appropriate for students to be assigned in public school. She's not talking about banning books and let's just find a book we can all agree on. Don't ban books, just remove them from students from obtaining and reading. It's not banning. She also said we're not allowed to talk about the Bible in public school, which is just absolutely not true. It's part of the best standards. It's, it's, it's literally standards. on the standards. Our district wanted us to teach. Yeah, Psalms is on there like a bunch. Yeah, and especially even like as an English teacher, you you quite literally can't avoid the right. Bible in one way or another because there's just Ill- allusions to it. Yes, in yeah. every other text we could possibly teach, pretty much. What they don't like, you can't see them in illusion. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. For, yeah, for the for the non for yeah. those who got D in English, yeah. it's A L L U S I. Oh, right. I graduated from a Florida public school. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a, this is a SAT. This is the SAT prep section of the podcast. <laughs> That's the only stuff I wrote down from a mom. Mom for Liberty. That was the only one, and she was like hooting and hollering about basically we're, we're not banning books. People who ban books went to jail. And I was like, like how we can go to jail? Yeah. <laughs> and then there was that one guy who went up there and just like called the school board members idiots and called the chair an idiot for starting a sentence with the word and. Hey, don't you ever talk <laughs> bad about my favorite person. And the chair says, and we're back. No, you're just back. You don't put the and there. This is bad. Really bad. When you don't even know how to use the language, how can you run a school system? <laughs> <laughs> He's a recurring character. That's cool cool though, man. Yeah. We love him. Yeah. I'm going to say his name because I love him. Yeah, He's we- the best. He's, I mean, his complaints about the buildings are valid, though. So. 
Yeah, they are. I mean, they're stupid, stupid yeah. buildings. We do encourage. I mean, if you're listening and you're like, "Well, these meetings sound very boring," they're not. If you sit with us, they're actually a great time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come, come, come with us. Come we'll, sit we'll with you. Sit with Butthead. Yeah, sit with you as a Butthead. <laughs> come to Butthead. <laughs> you it's, owe me a Coke. It's stereo. <laughs> Is that the podcast title? Yeah. That can't be the podcast <laughs> title. It might be. Come to Butthead. Come to Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for all the listeners, it's a common joke that me and Philip are Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't think it's it's really nailed down who is who. It's just it's occasionally we switch places. So yeah, mm-hmm. but I think we're gonna end here, and when we get back. We're gonna do our base awards. So stick around, guys. Hey guys, it's Brennan. One of my goals moving into this podcast project was to have the voices of our listeners play an active role in sharing our message that Union's Public Schools, well, they're not going anywhere without a fight. And as we dive deeper into the themes of public education, teachers' unions, and political activism, we want to hear from you, our listeners. If you're a teacher, parent, even a member of the community, we extend an open invitation for you to send us a voice recording with your name, occupation, and why you're sticking with the union during these politically turbulent times. We'd love to play these recordings at the beginning of our episodes and share your thoughts with our listeners. You can send these recordings to PCTA Fire, that's F-Y-R-E, pod, at gmail.com. Additionally, we encourage you to write to your representative and advocate for teachers' unions and public education. You can easily locate your representative by visiting www.myfloridahouse.gov forward slash find your representative. Your voice can make a difference in supporting education and the future of our students. So take a moment to send us a voice clip and write to your representative. Let's work together to positively impact education for all. Hello there. If you support the podcast, you can now donate directly to us from the link in the description. You can donate 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99 monthly. Your donation can help get me, Aziz, off the streets. Well, Unfortunately, Aziz will always be on the streets. He yearns for the streets. But your support will go towards producing high-quality episodes just like the one you're listening to right now. Your support helps us keep gas in the tank, food on our tables, and our classrooms full of pencils and paper. We all know edumacators all over America are undervalued and underpaid. Help us, mooks like me, continue to bring recognition and a voice to education professionals. And we're back! Um, as always, we're going to do our based awards, which is basically what is something that is respectable or agreeable. You can say that's pretty based, or you can say that's pretty base, based on the extremity of how based it is. That's my best Ramsey Aziz impersonation. <laughs> so, Dr. Ann, you want to get us started? What was your based award for this week? Um, I think school board member Long is very based. Um, She shared that she had gone through a knee replacement and had gotten an infection, and her doctor told her she was only allowed to be out for a couple hours, and so she was at the school board meeting, and she had to leave before the public comments. But she said she was going to go home and listen to all of them when she got home, and then also when they were talking about avid stuff, she just, like, spoke very impassionately about the avid program and it was like really touching so 
She is very base. She's an ally for sure. Uh, before I get started, just to add on to how based Miss Long is, she was also the only board member other than um, Edmund. Uh, yeah, Miss Edmund, yeah. Caprice Edmund, to vote against the the horrible bill from last month that was just full of spelling errors and vague language. <laughs> and they, they were yeah. those were the she was the only other board member to vote against that. So I, I appreciate her. My based award. I, I feel bad. I don't remember too too much about it. I don't remember his name. <laughs> But there's a gentleman who got up after watching literal hours of people people going up and very passionately talking to the school board, many of them crying. Like really heavy stuff. Really heavy stuff to the school board. Mm -hmm. And he walks up and kind of (laughs) almost timidly goes, hi, uh, I'm here from the science community and I want to talk about fungus. Uh, Hey, I've come here uh, today to ask for help and to bring... um, some news from the science world. So, the Species for Survival Commission <clears throat> has announced that fungus is a kingdom in nature, uh, joining the ranks of plants and animals. So, scientists have agreed uh, internationally that we need to teach as much about fungus as we do plant and animal life in schools. And I was like, yeah, I, I kind of awakened again after three hours. I was like, ooh, yes. Like, what, what are we talking about? I love fungus. I was really confused. I kept on waiting for, like, the other shoe to drop. I was like, is this right. a joke? Like, what Where's is happening? Are we really talking about fungi again now? And fauna. Yeah, fauna. And f- fauna. That's what it was. Flora, fauna, and fungi. Fungi. He doesn't want fungi to be classified in flora anymore. And And he has a whole curriculum for it. And I a thousand percent agree. We are severely underestimating the fungi are. (laughs) You don't understand it at all. I thought it was like viral marketing for The Last of Us. I'm I'm (laughs) not even joking. (laughs) I'm a fungi. Very fungi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I thought that was great. Also, we were all kind of watching him uh, because there's two podiums. When you go to the school board meeting, there's two podiums. And the other person was speaking before the fungi guy. And it was a, a trans person. And then we're watching the fungi guy. And he had a, a particular haircut that resembles a, a popular haircut among hipsters and Hitler um, youth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say certain fascist youth brigades from the 1930s. Yeah. Tiki but, uh, torch carriers. Yeah, he had. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> tiki torch carriers. And, you know, there are, you know, like most government buildings, there's a metal detector at the, at the front. So I don't think we're ever really worried about our safety. He had to leave his tiki torch at the door. Right, he left his tiki torch outside. We don't know anything no, about this guy. A, Take this out. <laughs> I don't think we should include no, this. No. It's a slander. <laughs> but anyway, he was, uh, yeah. So, I mean, we were just like being like, okay, what is this man going to do? And he was actually great. So. Oh, yeah. He's he a fantastic a cool guy. Fungi yeah. guy. To be clear, guy. he didn't just go up there and talk about fungi for a while. He was pushing, um, not pushing, he was he was offering basically a, a yeah. curriculum on fungi. Yeah, to, he actually gave them kids. materials. Yeah, about no, it was, yeah. it was great. Yeah. Well, now that we have to edit around that entirely. <laughs> I am not editing that. That is content. Yeah. I was trying to not say he looked like a Hitler youth, but... All right, coward. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. My name is Brennan Pickett. Hold me to Come it. At me. You're Come editing at me. this. I'm just giving you the raw files. Well, my base award is not about the Hitler youth. It is Tom Halleck. <laughs> Tom Halleck. My favorite professor from USF, my literature professor, and also my nature writing professor, he came, he brought three students and his wonderful wife, one of my other literature professors, Julie Armstrong. And why is he so based, you may ask? 
because he does crowd work and his crowd work was hilariously against the rules and no one said anything to him mm-hmm. nor should they nor should they he, he brought a book <laughs> he brought the awakening his copy from college and his one of his typewritten uh papers from college on onion skin paper yeah. <laughs> this man is um i'm sorry tom he, he's kind of old so it's like it's like he has all this like old stuff and he's like trying to get them to like read it while he's speaking and they're like no don't give us the stuff <laughs> you can see how yellow all the papers are from- yeah. <laughs> You know, all this stuff. He's like trying, he's like yelling at like them, like, who here uh, has a favorite book who's like changed their life? And like, he's like, raise your hand. They, they won't raise their hands. He's like, come on, raise your hands. And who did he yell at from the audience? The press corps? The press yeah, he's the press corps. He's like, press corps? You have a favorite book? Raise your hand. My name is Thomas Halleck. I am a professor of English at the University of South Florida. One of my great privileges to be a teacher of teachers. Also, I'm there professor it's great pride i'm here because i read what a couple weeks ago that the bluest eye clockwork orange and the awakening had been removed from schools or were going to be removed and it really hit me like a blow because i thought i thought about the awakening i brought my copy can i present it to you can i come forward or no all right i'll just show you i have my copy from 1986 my paper on onion skin with the typewriter, y'all remember this? This book changed my life. I'll ask people, how many have had a book that changed your life? Raise your hand. Uh, Ask the board, has a book ever changed your life? Uh, Yes or no? Has a book changed your life? If a book has not changed your life, raise your hand. No abstentions. Yes? No. Press Corps. Has a book ever changed your life? Mm, not allowed to say. We don't know what those people do. Yes, yeah, someone over there responded, <laughs> we're, not the, yeah. we're not the press corps. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, there's like a separate offshoot section to the main room. And it's a bunch of people on computers, and we actually have no idea what they do. I saw Paula Texel. She's HR. So why would HR be like at... Um, thing because she works for the district i don't know she just is on the clock i guess yeah she's on the clock i really liked the back and forth uh crowd work he did where he was like raise your hand if you do have a favorite book all right now if you don't have one right all right do hands for do hands for do and just kept going back and forth for a while and then he took out a watermelon and a sledgehammer (laughs) (laughs) i was waiting like blink if you respect this question blink twice if you are just scared for your life (laughs) Yeah, yeah so tom halleck um, I love you. Thank you for bringing people to support us. And that was very base of you. Well, my base award, I think, is going to go to our colleague here, Kelsey Donegan. I'm changing Aww. my original idea for my base award, but um, because I can't stop thinking about how funny it <laughs> you're, I don't know if what you said was necessarily funny, but it was like the delivery. If you want a state full of charter schools with religious curriculum taught by unqualified people that have a gun but no relevant degree, do nothing. That's the path HB1 has set us towards. Oh, at the end. At the very end. Oh, man. I don't know if I want to. This is the part I was, like, nervous about. Um, I thought the delivery was hysterical. I said, if you want a state full of charter schools with religious curriculum taught by unqualified teachers that have a gun but no relevant degree, do nothing. Yeah. That's the path HBI <laughs> But then I said at the end of it, he's just like, with a gun and no degree, do nothing. Do nothing. <laughs>
<laughs> it's a wonderful shout out to our second episode. Union Cop has no union. union. Or, yeah. or sorry, teacher cop, teacher has, cop no, has no has union. union. Yeah. yeah. So like, I really enjoy these um, these school board meetings because they they consistently remind me of like like old school WWE wrestling promos <laughs> where people just get up to the podium and they're like, I got three minutes to talk to you, school board. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna lay down the law about book bannings. We're gonna get to the square circle, the octagon. <laughs> it's just it's just crazy like you got fungus you got people talking about teachers with guns banning books dr halleck just doing crowd work these are genuinely entertaining sometimes sometimes yeah and other times it's just boring yeah well that's why we got that's why we gotta go to spice it up you know i bring props i'm (laughs) I'm actually disappointed you didn't bring any props this time i know i I did the boring thing i just read off a sheet of paper which i don't normally do it was a fantastic speech though well i appreciate that thank you for so. anybody listening who is thinking they might want to come up with us, the, the rules are you get three minutes. You have to address the chairperson essentially directly, but the whole board. Yeah. Um, three minutes goes by much quicker than you think. You know, mm-hmm. think of like uh, if you've ever taken a speech class or a writing class, or your sort of elevator pitch. About 450 words is what I've realized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what you get. And, you know, ha- you're allowed to read off of your phone. You're allowed to read off of notes or cards or kind of just go off the cuff like Dr. Halleck had. Um, so far, they haven't stopped us from bringing props yet. So you I, I guess, want to bring props. <laughs> well, Dr. Halleck brought stuff, too. <laughs> All right. I think we're going to have to end it here. Thank you again for listening to PCTA's Fire Podcast. As always, I am your host, Brennan Pickett. I'm the FEA Director and Fire Co-Chair. I am Philip Belcastro, Fire Co-Chair as well, and Executive Director at large at PCTA. I'm English teacher Kelsey Donegan. And I'm chemistry teacher, Dr. Anna Margiata. Thank you. Have a great night, guys. And thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. We would like to remind our listeners about important school board meetings taking place on March 21st and April 11th at 10 a.m., as well as a 5 p.m. meeting on April 25th. Remember, it's vital for teachers, parents, and community members to attend these meetings and advocate for public education. Your voice and presence can play a significant role in shaping the future of education and improving the lives of students in our community. We want to give a special thank you to Philip Belcastro for providing our theme music and Artifact for adding some great tracks into our intermissions. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Artifact's music at artifactjoints.bandcamp.com. We also want to express our gratitude to Radio St. Pete for airing our podcast, Jamie Beck, Brian Balton, Carla Correa, and Nancy Filardi, as well as all of our supporters in the education community. Your support and dedication has been instrumental to getting the word out and reaching new listeners. Well, that's all for today. I'm Brennan Pickett. You guys have a great day.